Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a multi-state family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is interfaith child custody disputes, and this is based on an article on our blog, familylawheadquarters.com, dated January 20th, 2024. And the title of that article is Child Custody and Religious Differences. So it's a follow-up to the episode today. Go on over to familylawheadquarters.com and read the article to give you more information on this topic. But let's go ahead and jump on in today. Uh, The truth of the matter is religion can often come into play in child custody disputes, whether it's a divorce or it's a child custody case between parents who are unmarried. Parents may often be of different faiths, and and that's just a reality. Uh, It could be a situation where both uh, religious faiths of the party are closely aligned, okay? So take a situation where both parents are maybe Protestant, but they're of diff- different Protestant denominations, okay? One one party might be Baptist, let's say, and the other might be Presbyterian, okay? There could be some obvious, you know, minute religious differences there, but, you know, in these circumstances, there's often not a huge dispute because the, the religious differences aren't, aren't that significant in the scheme of things, uh, take a situation as well where maybe one party's Protestant and the other is Catholic. I mean, maybe there could be a little bigger differences there. Uh, but as a whole, these types of custody cases don't typically erupt in terms of a religious issue. Uh, where, the, where it can really become a bigger issue, and in a lot of cases, the parties might want to get the family court involved, uh, would be situations where there's big religious differences, okay? Take a situation maybe where one parent is a Christian, and maybe the other parent's a Buddhist. Um, again, it could be a situation uh, where maybe one party practices Islam and, and the other parent is Jewish, uh, let's say. So you could really go into all kinds of different possibilities, but the, but the further apart the parents are on religion, uh, the more likely this issue could come into play. Uh, it could be a situation where one party's devout in a particular religion and the other party's an atheist. I mean, these situations can arise as well. So maybe the one parent doesn't want the kids practicing any kind of religion. And then maybe they, uh, you know, contemplate getting the family court involved in this situation. And they make it an issue in terms of child custody, in terms of maybe who should have legal custody. uh, And then maybe whether or not, you know, the court could impose a restriction on a parent from taking uh, the children to a particular uh, church, mosque, synagogue, uh, temple, I mean, you name it. I mean, some parties contemplate these kinds of situations. And, and so, look, um, uh, ultimately the question gets to be where, where two parents have different uh, religious viewpoints, right? They're of a different faith. Then the situation can be who gets to decide, right? So who gets to decide what religion uh, the kids are going to be, you know, and, and then past that, can one party prevent uh, the other parent from from taking the kids to a church, a mosque, a synagogue, a temple, I mean, you name it. And so these are questions lots of parties have, all right? So when you get into big decisions involving the kids in their upbringing, um, in most states, this is referred to as legal custody decisions. 
And so if it's joint legal custody, then what's supposed to happen is the parties are to confer with one another and then enter an agreement in terms of how this is going to work. Um, you know, different states uh, use different terminology, uh, but most states still using the terms legal custody. Um, other decisions are using, uh, you know, maybe a little more trendy terms. But again, it's sort of birds of a feather. It's kind of the same idea. And then, and look, in, in a lot of these instances, what ends up happening is the kids up, end up being exposed to both their parents' religions, right? Uh, so maybe, you know, with mom, you know, they're going to X, Y, or Z place uh, to practice X, Y, or Z religion. And then maybe if they're with dad, you know, they're practicing a different religion. You know, in, in some instances, it could be, again, take, take the situation where one p party is really a believer and this is important to them. And contrast that to a circumstance maybe where one party uh, is an atheist or or just doesn't you know go to church or temple or synagogue or to the mosque like they just don't do it. So it could be a situation where the kids go during one parent's time and then they don't practice any religion during the other parent's uh, time. You know, again, theoretically, this is a legal custody decision. And so, look, if one party has legal custody, so if they have sole legal custody, then in theory, uh, they are able to make the decisions on, on major issues after conferring with the other parent. And um, so in theory, if a party has sole legal custody, they get to decide uh, the religion in which the kids uh, practice or in which they're exposed but there's a big um, wrinkle to this that lots of individuals don't think about, and that's the First Amendment. You know, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution guarantees the right of individuals to have freedom of religion. Uh, so individuals in the United States are able to practice the religion of their choice. And obviously that was a, a big uh, bedrock in terms of the foundation of the United States. And, and when you look at all the different amendments, I mean, this is the First Amendment, right? So obviously freedom of religion, very important. And, you know, the other wrinkle uh, that individuals have to contemplate and think about as well is lots of states have their own constitutional provisions that deal with uh, freedom of religion. Uh, there could be statutory provisions out there as well that's codified in the state law uh, that perhaps deals with uh, religion and religious liberty and these kinds of issues. So it's definitely important for anybody to speak with a lawyer who's licensed and competent to practice law in their jurisdiction about the specific state constitutional provisions and laws that might be effect, uh, in effect in their jurisdiction. So look, having said all of this, even in a circumstance where one party has sole legal custody, which is typically the minority of custody cases that are out there, uh, based on First Amendment issues and religious liberty, religious liberty type issues, uh, most courts uh, take a hands-off approach in terms of religious issues. So most courts like to stay out of it. Uh, so even in a circumstance maybe where the other parent has sole legal custody um, and, and there's a religious you know, difference between the parents here, the parent on the short end of the stick on the legal custody issue, in most instances is still able to take the kids uh, to the religious practices that they choose during their custody time. So most courts aren't going to prevent that. They're not going to get involved in it. Uh, the worry is that this would violate the First Amendment, uh, maybe it violates, again, the state uh, constitutional provisions or state statutes 
that are out there in terms of religious liberty. So look, typically, even if one parent has sole legal custody, the other parent can still take uh, uh, the, the kids uh, to the religious services that they choose to expose the kids to during their custody time. One party might seek to prevent it, uh, but most courts aren't going to get involved in these kinds of circumstances. But let me give you some wrinkles, some more wrinkles here, some more twists and turns, if you will, which can make these issues uh, more complex, okay? There is some precedent out there, case law-wise, that indicates if the kids would be harmed, like, uh, you know, they would face a significant harm, a substantial harm. And we could be talking a physical harm. We could be talking a psychological harm of some kind. Uh, but there is some case law out there, if you do research, uh, that indicates if there's a significant harm, if there's a substantial harm, then, then maybe the courts do have the ability to step into these situations and, and limit one parent from exposing the kids to particular religion. But again, I would caution folks, we're talking something you know, generally fairly on the extreme. So take a circumstance where one parent is attending uh, or involved in a cult, some kind of cult. Uh, maybe it's a situation where one parent doesn't want any medical treatment for the kids and, and the medical treatment is needed according to doctors, uh, but they don't want it because of particular religious reasons. These are the kinds of circumstances where courts might say, you know, here, we're going to get involved in this religious uh, custody dispute. Uh, but, but, you know, absent that, absent a significant harm, absent a psychological harm, it's generally very rare for a court to want to want to get involved in these kinds of circumstances. And, and really the other uh, piece that's out there that I ought to at least mention is that, look, I mean, oftentimes... Uh, courts are interested in what, what the kids have been exposed to in the past, okay? So if during a marriage, if during a relationship, the kids were brought to a particular um, religious uh, service uh, or they were exposed to a, diff a particular religious faith throughout their life, right, then typically courts are going to say it's okay to continue that. You know, the, both parties agreed, both parties consented, the kids were raised in X, Y, and Z religion throughout their life. And so if one party then later tries to prevent it, I mean, typically that that is looked at uh, very skeptically because the kids were raised in this particular faith. But then flip this uh, to a different perspective. Let's say one party has just flipped their religious um you know, perspective altogether. Maybe they were one particular religion and they were exposing the kids to this particular religion throughout their life. And let's say they've had a huge metamorphosis and they've just switched their religious affiliation and they want to expose the kids to this kind of uh, new religion. And maybe the, the new religion is something that is, again, maybe on an extreme, uh, maybe something that one could argue would be uh, a harm to the kids uh, in, in some way, again, that could create an avenue for the other parent to then challenge this. But again, all of this has to be balanced against, you know, the First Amendment rights of individuals, again, the state constitutional or statutory provisions that are out there as well. And, and again, typically courts are going to take a hands-off approach absent a showing of a significant harm or a substantial harm of a physical or psychological uh, perspective. But again, it's got to be something significant. And, and certainly in most instances, uh, courts want to stay out of this and, and not get involved uh, based on First Amendment and related issues. All right. So look, this is the topic here today. doesn't happen all the time. Um, 
but it does happen sometimes where there's big religious differences out there and these religious differences can then spill into the family court and so it's definitely something that comes up and I thought it was an important topic to to broach here today and talk about for those of you that are maybe in the midst of uh, this kind of dispute or maybe uh, you worry you might be if your marriage ends up in divorce so definitely something to think about definitely something to contemplate again as a follow-up to the episode going over to familylawheadquarters.com read the article titled child custody and religious differences uh, the date of the article is january 20th 2024 so read that as a follow follow up to the episode today all right well thanks for staying uh, uh thanks for tuning in today uh, to the episode uh, stay tuned to our next episode coming up thank you very much Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtained in this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. Past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stangy is responsible for the content. Headquarters, Office 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Kirk Stangy is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.